knows your name. The Bible says he knows every hair on your head. He's not a y'all God, he's a you God. Sometimes we think he, you know, he's, he's a God of this big group. He's a personal, individual God who can and will meet our every need. Somebody say amen. 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 If you're here for the very first time, uh, we're glad that you're here. If you filled out one of those prayer cards, we want to go ahead and take them up this morning. So if you filled out that prayer card, hold it up real high, and we're going to run like the wind to get them. I think there should be somebody right there close to you that's going to grab that and uh, uh, pick that up. Over here on the, on the left side, I see I see one. If they don't pick it up, just throw it at I'm just kidding. Don't, don't. There we go. Right there. All right. Hey, let's give them all a hand, everybody. Give them a hand. Let them know you're glad they're here. All right. I want you to take your Bibles just for a moment. Uh, remain standing. Take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter number 27. We're going to talk about a subject that uh, God has put on my heart this morning that I believe ever is going to be familiar with everybody. Uh, and if you are not familiar uh, with church uh, uh, Christianese, I guess if you will, the way church people talk and use terminology and, and illustrations, uh, when we talk about being in a storm, uh, going through a storm, we're talking about having a, going through a bad situation. A lot of times we use the word storm as a way to describe the, the, a bad problem or a bad situation in our life. Does that make sense? Say amen. We're going through a storm. Now, uh, we're going to talk about different kinds of storms. How many of y'all have ever been in a storm and you know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all have ever had a poor decision in your life, made a bad choice, and it put you in a storm? How many of y'all had somebody else make a bad decision, but it still put you in the storm? Yeah, we're going to talk about that today, all right? So let's look in Acts chapter number 27 in verse number, uh, verse number 9. Verse number 9. Y'all pray for me. I've been struggling with my throat all week, and, uh, and, and let's pray we get through this. We're going to uh, uh, do more teaching than preaching this morning, but that's, uh, that's what we need today. Uh, uh, we need to understand that God's not only the God of sunshine, he's the God of the storm. And he can bring us through whatever we face, whatever we go through, he is able. Amen? The Bible says in Acts 27, 9, Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. Now here's what we got. We got Paul under arrest. Paul is a prisoner. He is captive. And he is being taken to Rome by ship. Uh, uh, the centurion who is in charge of him, Paul goes to him and says, look, dude, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think this is great. It's already passed in the weather in the time of the year when sailing is very, very dangerous. It should not be done. Uh, but this is what the centurion does. He says unto them, verse 10, he says unto them, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence if by any means they might attain to Phoenix and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and lie toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, in other words, everything looked great. Everything looked Good. It, I can imagine as the owner of the ship and the centurion maybe looked over at Paul and said, See, we told you everything was going to be all right. You know, let me tell you something. When the devil goes to tempt you, always remember, he'll make it look good at first. But the Bible says in the next verse, But not long after, 
I promise you this, anytime you go to following the devil, it won't be long till you'll find the hook in the worm. Are y'all with me? It says, not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind. Uh, in our words, we'll use the word uh, a typhoon, a hurricane, if you will, called Eurocladon. And when the ship was called and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, strake sail, and were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, and the next day they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. Now read this with me. Let's read in concert verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Brother Jeff, would you get me some water, please, sir? Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for this word. Use it for your glory. Teach us, develop us. God, bring us to a place where we are better Christians today than we were yesterday, and we'll be better Christians tomorrow than we were today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Storms. If you go through the Bible, if you go through the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, you will find different kinds of storms, different types of storms, if you will. And in, in, in these storms, there's a lot of interesting things that I want to share with you today about these storms. One that we see over in the Old Testament in, 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 in the story of Jonah and the whale. How many of y'all remember Jonah and the whale? Say amen. Thank you. Uh, Jonah uh, has been given, he has been given a directive and a command by God. And God, he just turns right around and disobeys the commandment of God. God said, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to preach repentance. Nineveh was a scary place. Nineveh was a wicked place. Jonah was scared for his life. And he said, uh-uh, I ain't going there. And went and did the exact opposite of what God told him to do. He was God's man. He was God's preacher. He was God's prophet. And he disobeyed. I mean, just blatantly disobeyed God in his command. Now, how many of y'all know that God ain't going to let that fly? Now, you can be a lost person and get away with sin, but you can't be a saved person and get away with sin. The Bible says, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. He chasteneth. That means he correcteth. He will come after you. And the Bible says he did. According to the book of Jonah, chapter number 1, the Bible says in verse 4, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. What does that mean? God sent a storm. This was a storm of disobedience. Say that with me. A storm of disobedience. God will get your attention. How many of y'all have ever been in one of them storms? Come on, help me now. I've been there. I've been there. Uh, And they're not fun. Let me tell you, they're not fun. But then if we keep reading, if we keep reading through the word of God, we find another type of storm. We find the disciples in a storm. They are in the boat with Jesus, and the Bible says, the Bible says in, in Mark chapter number 4, verse number 35, and the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Now, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now Full. Now we know Jesus is asleep in the boat, but now we see a different kind of storm. 
Jesus led them right into a storm. But this storm is different than Jonah's storm. Jonah's storm was used by God to get his attention. God's, listen, God used a storm to discipline Jonah for disobedience and to get his attention. Are y'all with me? Say amen. But this storm is different. The disciples were being obedient to Jesus. They were obedient to the will of God. And they did not get in a storm because they did something wrong. They did something right. I've, I've had people on TV say, look, if you're going through a difficult time, then you're not right with God. And if you're right with God, you never go through anything. That's a bunch of garbage. Let me say it again because y'all are asleep. That's a bunch of garbage. It don't matter. It don't matter. You could be doing everything right in your life and still go through a storm. Because God is not using a storm now to discipline you. He is using a storm to develop you. You see, he was using this storm to develop their faith. They wake up and they go to Jesus and they say, Oh my goodness, oh my, they're scared to death. I mean, frightened, fear. They go to him, Don't you care that we perish? Carest thou not that we perish? We're going to die. He wakes up, calms the storm. He looks at them, says, Why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? Oh, you have little faith. Where's your faith at, boys? Don't you know I'm here with you? And he uses difficult situations to develop our faith. Guess what? A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. So God wants to use storms to develop our faith. God wants to put us in situations where we have to lean on him, where we have to trust him and believe that he's bigger than the storm. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Storms of development. But this is the one I want to talk to you about today is completely, to me, different than the other two. Uh, and it's going to be similar to the first one, but it's really not. It's different. This storm is a storm of disregard. A storm of disregard. Now, I want to look at it. <clears throat> I want to look at it through the eyes and through the, the, the perception of the centurion, not Paul. Most every time I've ever preached this, I've always preached it from Paul's side and Paul's point of view, but I want to do this differently because I believe with all of my heart, most Christians today in life, these are the storms that they encounter. These are the storms that they, and you say, well, how is this different than the storm of disobedience? Watch this. Let's, let's look at this for a minute. Are y'all with me this morning? The Bible says, Acts 27, 9. Now, when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed. In other words, they had already had a difficult time up until this point. Uh, they were already behind schedule. Uh, they were already, uh, in their minds, wasted a lot of time, and they should have been a whole lot further down in their journey than they were. And, and, and the Bible says that Paul says, look, I don't think this is a good idea. You've got to understand, Paul has already been through three different shipwrecks before this one. And he, he was experienced. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I own the boat, he ain't getting a ride. Say amen. And he's been there. He's done that. If you go look, he said, I've already been shipwrecked three other times. And, 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 and he said, I don't believe this is a good idea, boys. I don't believe this is a good idea. But watch this. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Now, here's the, here's the way I want to go at this thing. I don't believe this was a blatant, disobedient act from a man from God. And I don't believe God sent this storm. 
Now, I can show you where I believe God sent the storm with Jonah. I can show you where I believe God influenced the storm with the disciples because he was using the storm to develop the faith. But this is not sent from God. This is an inevitable situation that was going to happen regardless. Are y'all with me? Say amen. In other words, uh, there are storms that we will put ourselves into on our own accord. For instance, for instance, uh, if I take off running from that side of the building right there, if I take off running from that side of the building right there, and I run as hard as I can run all the way across, and I do not stop or slow down, what's going to happen when I get to that wall? It is not going to be pretty. Say amen. Now, I cannot get up and say, God, put this wall in my way. God has injured me. God, God didn't do nothing. I run into a wall. Y'all with me? It was inevitable. If I drop, if I drop a pin, I had somebody throw me a pin, and they come in and got all of them. If I drop, hey, here, here we go, here we go, here we go. Hey, what's going to happen? Y'all didn't know that was going to happen, did you? All right, watch this, though. Watch this, though. You're paying attention? Now, now y'all saw how that happened. Now, watch how this happens. Did y'all see the difference? So I didn't see nothing. One of us, I, I don't see it. I, what, what's happening? Nothing different. It's going to happen. It's the law of. I don't care how many times I do that. I can turn this loose. It's not shooting up. Are y'all with me? It's just going to happen. What's my point? There are so many Christians that get themselves in situations that's inevitable. For instance, let's talk about finances. There's a lot of people in financial storms today. You know why? Because we've spent more than we've earned. And we're spending more than we earn. I guarantee you every single time, every single week, every single month, if you spend more than you earn, you're going to be broke. You're going to be bankrupt. Are y'all with me? See how quiet it's getting? This is not rocket scientists. Listen, this is not rocket science. Let me say this. If you are saved, born again, child of God, and you go date somebody that's not saved, not right with God, doesn't care about God, isn't looking for the things of God, you're going to have issues. It's a no-brainer. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. I don't believe it's something God causes. I think it's just something that's going to happen. I, I, it's amazing to me the people that get into situations in their life. I don't know why God's doing this to me. God didn't write that check. God didn't sign that agreement. God didn't go out with the. Are y'all with me? Man, y'all quiet this morning. These are storms of disregard. And I'm not preaching at you. I, I, hey, listen, there's been so many of these times in my life I have put myself into some stupid situations in my life. Are y'all with me? That we don't have to. That we don't have to. We can avoid. Now, let's see, how do we get here? How many of y'all have ever been in the middle of a storm and thought, how in God's name did I get myself into this? There's five honest people in the house of God today. Five. The rest of you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see how, let's see. Can you imagine, can you imagine, can you imagine the centurion in the middle of that storm thinking, what was I thinking? I've been there. Now, here's the thing I want you to see. 
and I'm probably going to skip the middle part because the message is really in the first part because God just wants you to stay out of them. I think we know what it costs, and I could go into the deal how it costs to think, but this is what really God wants you to know this morning. First off, I want you to see the cause. What caused him to disregard good advice? What causes people, when they come to a counselor or they come to the preacher or they come to the Word of God, and they're, they're, they have an idea... They have, and, and by the way, most people don't come uh, to the counselor to get an idea of what to do. They already have an idea of what they're going to do. They just want permission. Y'all with me? And, and, and so it doesn't matter really what the counselor says. They've already made up their mind what they're going to do regardless. But how do we, how do we uh, uh, get to a situation where we are in a storm of disregard? First thing I want you to see, look in verse number 8. Look in ver- excuse me, verse number 9. Now, when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. And he said, no, look, we don't need to do this. Verse 11, nevertheless, the centurion believed the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken of by Paul, because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenix, and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete. Now, watch this. You got to understand, many times in our life, in this situation, they got into it because of one word, impatience. Impatience. They didn't want to wait. They've already wasted enough time. They're already behind schedule. Uh, listen, they've already should have been further down the road than what they were, and they're just going to, listen, it, it, it's dangerous. I know this is, we've gotten advice not to do this, but I tell you what, I can't wait no more. Boy, I cannot tell you how many situations I put myself in because of impatience. You will will marry the wrong person because of impatience. You will buy the wrong thing because of impatience. You will take measures in your life that you really shouldn't take because of impatience. Now, I don't know about y'all, but God, as I was working on this, as I was working on this and and impatience, and I thought, you know, maybe I'm getting better at this. Maybe I'm, you know, I've got this under control and I'm doing better with this. And I went through a drive-thru. I mean, right after it, uh, my, my dad called, and, 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 and they was wanting something, asked me to pick something up for him. So I went through a drive-thru. I'm not even going to tell you what the drive-thru was, but I was sitting there, and, 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 and I was waiting on my deal. And, and it was one thing, one little thing. And it was one thing that was in the refrigerator. All you got to do is go in the refrigerator, take it out of the refrigerator, put it in the bag, put it through the window. I need a witness right there. Doesn't take long. Doesn't take an issue, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and what made it worse, a vacuum line had come off. I was in my dad's truck, and uh, and, and little ranger, and then, uh, and man, it sounded like it had a 350 small block in it, amen. <laughs> and it wouldn't stay running. I didn't know what was wrong with it. I had to throw it up in neutral to just keep it running because I didn't know it was a vacuum hose at the time. But and I'm sitting here in the drive-through, and this car doing like this, and I'm thinking, would you please get my salad and get it through this door? And I'm sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. And God just kind of said, what you preaching on tomorrow? I said, not that anymore, amen. <laughs> but how, I looked up, I looked up some, some things that, that said how impatient, how long it takes for us to get impatient. And like men, it was seven minutes. And for ladies, it was 14 minutes in a line and stuff like that, which I think is hogwash. Say amen right there. I, listen, I don't, know, I don't know that I was in that window three minutes, but it didn't take long. I was wanting my salad. Are y'all with me? 
And I'm thinking, how often does that contribute to poor decisions? Abraham and Sarah. God gives Abraham a promise. I'm going to give you a child. They had no child. I'm going to give you a child. I'm going to give you seed. Uh, your seed will be as the sands of the sea. It will be as the stars of the sky. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless him that bless you, and I'm going to make many nations of you. I mean, gave him all these promises, but made him wait. Made him wait on the promise. God had a plan. God had a schedule. And I'm glad God always has a schedule, and God's always on time. Listen, when he went with Lazarus, he was, he, the Bible says he was four days. They thought he was four days late, but he was right on time. But with Abraham and Sarah, Sarah said, hey, I'm tired of waiting on this deal. Abraham said, I'm tired of waiting on this deal. Sarah said, won't you take Hagar, my handmaid, the wife, I lay with her, have a baby, and hey, we'll start with him. We'll just take matters into our own hands. And because of their impatience, they went out of the will of God. And because of that, we have a conflict in the Middle East right now that nobody can solve. And we get into situations in our life because we are impatient. We don't want to wait on God. I can't tell you. I, I, I've got friends of mine that are business guys. I mean, they're, they're mine. Before they buy something, they're already thinking how they're going to get their money out of it. When I buy something, I'm going to think how I'm going to have fun with it. Are you all with me? I'm not thinking about reselling. That's why I'm broke today, amen. I, I buy high and sell low, amen. But there's other guys that they have this mindset, and they're always patient. They don't rush. They wait on the deal, and because they are patient, man, they get just the coolest deals you've ever seen. Not me. When I want something, I want it now, amen. Is there anybody in the house like that? Now think about how much trouble we've gotten in simply because we were not patient. I almost made a great big mistake in my life. I mean a huge, huge mistake. When I had resigned Long Branch, I, I, uh, uh, first couple weeks it was great, man. Nobody called me. Nobody had issues. I didn't have to go, you know, wipe somebody's nose. I mean, it was the greatest thing in the world. All the pressures of pastoring was off of me. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but you, you don't know unless you've pastored with the pressure that's there. In the first two weeks there, it was great. I thought I was on vacation. It was wonderful. But boy, then the preaching itch struck. And boy, every time I went to church, man, and if I heard good preaching, I wanted to preach. If I heard bad preaching, I really wanted to preach. Amen. And I, man, I, I, I was just about to go crazy. I was just about to go crazy. So I just said, well, I tell you what, God's not moving. God's not showing me there. I think, well, I, I think it'd be a good idea. You know, there's a lot of uh, Spanish people in the United States, and, and they're, they're fixing to be the number one minority. And uh, I tell you what we'll do. We'll just go to Costa Rica, go to language school, learn the Spanish language, come over here and start Spanish churches here in the United States. This is a great plan. But it wasn't God's plan. Me and, brother, uh, 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 me and Brother Russell had a great idea and, and everything, and, 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 and here we go. And so what happened, instead of waiting on God, uh, I was going to take matters into my own hands. And what we fail to realize sometimes, it's not necessarily that God is getting you ready. He may be getting you ready, but you may be ready, but the place that he's got for you may not be ready yet. And here all the time, I didn't even know it, and I didn't even realize it, but God was moving, and his hand was working right here in Coleman, Alabama. He was not just getting me ready in a place and getting me prepared. He was getting a place prepared for his person. And what you don't realize is that time may be going by. You may be impatient. You may want God to move right now, but the place that God has for you may not be ready. Instead of waiting on God, we'll pick somebody that's not his pick for us and we'll have a miserable life in marriage. I can't tell you how many people are miserable in life because they didn't wait on God. 
and they're in storms in their life because they didn't wait on God. I love this saying. I wrote this down. The great New England preacher, Phillips Brooks, he was noted for his poise and quiet manner. And at times, however, even he suffered moments of frustration and irritability. One day, a friend saw him pacing the floor like a caged lion. What's the trouble, Dr. Brooks asked the friend. The trouble is that I'm in a hurry and God ain't. How many of y'all can relate to that? God doesn't have a timetable. No matter what, he's on time. And he knows what he's doing. And we can rest assured he'll bring us through. Say amen. Impatience. Impatience will put us in a storm. Not only that, but I want you to see this. Look what he says. Now Paul told him and explained to him what the deal was. What he believed was a situation. What he believed was a danger. Verse 11. Verse 11. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. What will cause us to get in a storm? Impatience and B, expert advice. Expert advice. Preacher, what are you saying? The man of God shared what he thought and what he felt the Lord was leading him in this situation, but there was an expert. He believed the master and the owner of the ship. He believed the expert. Let me tell you something. There's experts everywhere. There's self-proclaimed experts. There's experts that the culture and the community says is experts. But it doesn't matter what they say if they do not line up with the word of God. There was an expert to come on the scene, Dr. Spock. Dr. Spock wrote a book about raising children and raising babies. And listen, he went completely against the word of God. Everybody thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And what has happened is we have raised generations of young people who have no self-discipline whatsoever. They have all the self-esteem in the world, but they don't want to be told no. And they have no self-control whatsoever. I read excerpts of his book and, and how he said, oh, the, the playground and the schoolyard needs to be a nice place and there needs to be no fit. Talking about spanking. Needs to be none of that. It needs to be a nice place. I wonder what he thinks of Columbine. I wonder what he thinks of these colleges where people have gone up and listen, the violence and things that are there. Let me tell you something. The Bible says very clearly that foolishness is bound in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him, and there is nothing wrong. I do not believe in child abuse. I believe anybody that abuses a child, I believe they need, well, I can't tell you in here what I believe they need to happen, but it's not a good situation. Are y'all with me? I like little people, and we should care for little people, but little people need discipline. They need to be taught what is right and wrong. They need to be know and what, he, what no means. Are y'all with me? I have had foolishness, foolishness driven from me several times in my life, and I turned out okay. It was good for my grandpa. It was good for my dad. It's good for me. It's good for my children. I'm telling you, this, we, we, we have a messed up society because people listen to an expert. I have a page this long of, 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 the, of, the, uh, of the, the, the symptoms of our society that stem from after that book was written and people following that book. And I'm telling you, it is scary and it's dead on the mark. There are marriage experts that say, oh, yes, watch pornography. Pornography will enhance the, the, the relationship of the couple. That's a bunch of garbage. Well, how do we know the difference? How do we know the difference? If your expert and what he tells you, you can line it up with the word of God, then it's okay. 
if you cannot, and he goes against the word of God, then you need to put him down the road. Period. It always comes back to the book. The only thing we can depend on is God's word. It endureth to all generations. And it was good then, it's good now, and it'll be good 1,000 years from now. Are y'all with me? Be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you listen to. I, I, I just love people that don't have children and want to tell people what to do that does have children. Isn't that a hoot? I tell you what, if it's my kid, well, he ain't your kid. And, 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 and I had four theories before I had kids. Now I have four girls and no theories. Say amen. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Everybody loves to give advice, but some people need to hush. Amen. <laughs> Experts, been married seven times, want to give you marriage advice. Come on. Number three. Are y'all with me? Do y'all get the point? Please be careful who you listen to. How many of y'all have seen? <laughs> how many of y'all have seen uh, the commercial about the internet? And 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 the man is talking to the lady and said, uh, "How you know that's true? Because it was on the internet. You know, bonjour." <laughs> I've had people bring me stuff. I found it on the internet. Okay. Just bonjour, amen. You're going to end up with a bonjour if you keep following that junk, amen. Oh, boy, French model. They couldn't have picked a bigger goober to have that commercial. Are y'all with me? Bonjour. I'm just scared my daughter's going to drag up something looks like that in my house, Amen. I'm keeping them completely off the internet. They ain't allowed to get on it. <laughs> all right, all right. We're going to pray and dismiss that right. Verse 12. Watch what else. Impatience, expert advice. Watch what verse 12 says. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, what's the next three words? Say it again. Say it again. You know what that means? The majority. In other words, the centurion says, all right, I've got, it. I've got advice from an expert, and everybody outvoted you, Paul. The more part, the majority, decides, let's go. Now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, be careful. Just because the majority's doing it, that don't make it right. I think about the 12 spies that went into Israel. Y'all with me? The nation of Israel has come out, uh, uh, the, the, the people have come out of Egypt, come out of bondage, come across the wilderness. Now they are right on the, I mean right on the edge of the promised land. Uh, they, are right, they send in 12 spies. The 12 spies go in here and check everything out. They come back, two of them. Uh, Joshua and Caleb said, man, this is an awesome place. This is an awesome situation. And this is at milk and honey. This is everything God said it was going to be. Everything God said it. Let's go. Let's go take what God's promised. Man, let's just go get it. Let's make it happen. Two of them said that. But the other, we can't do it. My gracious almighty, and them people look like giants, and we are grasshoppers in their eyes. 
And the people listened to the, instead of the two that was believing what God said. And y'all know what happened. That whole generation, that whole generation went out back 40 years and died in the wilderness. Never got to see what God promised them because they followed the majority. Except Joshua and Caleb. They were the only ones of that age that got to go into the promised land. And you know what's so cool? I don't know if anybody catches this part. But do you realize they come to the edge of the promised land again? Now Joshua's the leader. Moses has died. Joshua's the leader. They're fixing to go into the promised land. You know how many spies they sent this time? We ain't sending 12 this time. Amen. Two. They go into Jericho. Y'all know the story. What's the point? Just because the crowd is doing it doesn't make it right. And let me say this. Most of the time, most of the time, I'm not going to say 100% of the time, but most of the time, the crowd is always wrong. Most of the time, it's the minority that's in the right. Oh, but preacher, you know, preacher, everybody's, everybody's doing this. Everybody's, every, that don't make any difference whatsoever. Just because the majority goes for it, it doesn't make it right. You got to trust in God. Somebody say amen. Let me give you the, let me just give you the last thing. And Look, you're in the storm. We're there. Regardless of how you got there, whether somebody else made a bad choice or you made a bad choice, you're in the storm. There's one thing I found out about the storm, all of them, all of them, including the storm of disobedience, Jonah's storm. In every single storm, we find the presence of God. We find the presence of God. Paul said this, boys, I want to encourage you. He said, listen, you shouldn't ever come out here. I tried to tell you, but let me tell you something. The angel of the Lord has stood by me this night. You say, what about Jonah? What about Jonah? God was there with Jonah. He provided him the transportation. Say amen. What do you mean? If, Jonah, if God did not send a fish to swallow Jonah, Jonah would have drowned in the sea. But God was with him. Now, we don't always know how God's going to move, how he, how he moves, but we always know, no matter what, no matter the storm you're in, God will be with you every single time. And all God's people say it. Amen. God's got a purpose for your life. No matter what, God will bring you through. But you've got to put yourself into the place where you're going to say, Lord, I know I made a mistake. Lord, I know I walked right into this thing. But God, lead me out. I might have walked into this thing with my eyes wide open, but God, lead me out. Hey, you may come out with broken pieces. You may come out and have lost your, your, your load. You may have lost the wheat. That This was a wheat cargo ship. You may feel like you've lost everything, but I promise you this. If you'll follow God, he will lead you out. He will lead you out. No storm you ever face, no storm you ever face will it ever be faced without the presence of God with you. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art, say it with me, with me. I'll be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. God, help us to make right choices. Help us to make right decisions. Help us to not walk into things that's inevitable. It's just going to happen. God, help us to make uh, uh, sound decisions and listen to the right people. 
God, there'll be storms that we can avoid in our life. There'll be situations that we don't have to go through. But God, we have to be sensitive to your touch. We have to be sensitive to your word. We have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit speaking into our hearts. God, help us to avoid a storm of disregard and trust you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. Maybe you're going through a storm this morning. I don't know what storm you may be facing. I don't know what. It may be a financial storm. It may be a, a, a health storm. Maybe you're going through a difficult situation in your health. Maybe your family's going through a hard time. As we sing this invitation, if you need prayer, come into this altar and we'll, we'll pray with you. We'll encourage you today as we sing. And everybody sing with us now. Help us as we sing. I must tell Jesus. Are you going through something that you can't fix? Are you facing something that's just burdening your heart? Well, come tell Jesus about it. Use this opportunity to give it to him. Pray with him today. Yes, amen. Sing it with us now. I cannot make it all on my own. Burdens alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus can. that chorus again come on everybody sing it out loud help us with that chorus now come on sing it with all you got I must tell Jesus I must tell Jesus Lord I pray in Jesus Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. Let's give the Lord praise and glory in his heart.